Unsurprisingly, the Nerd and Tie podcast is a part of the Nerd and Tie podcast network. For more shows from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, go to nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by going to nerdandtie.com slash Discord. Did you know you could sponsor Nerd and Tie? That's right. For just $20, we'd say your name here. We'd talk about how cool you are. We'd give a high five to your mom. Just go to nerdandtie.com. Click on the sponsor information button link thing and uh, follow the directions. Or if you'd like to contribute to our legal fund, you can go to GoFundMe.com slash nerd and tie. On this month's edition of Nerd and Tie, Utada Hikaru is out as non-binary. Godzilla and Loki have new TV shows that are streaming. And people are angry at Disney for all the wrong reasons again. All this in the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge on this month's Nerd and Tie. Woohoo. Aw oh, yeah. We are we are live again for uh, this month's um uh dynamic installment of Nerd and Tie. It's gonna be a fun <laughs> one. Yeah, we're we're flying genless this month. We are we are tragically genless. Gen is Gen is fine. Gen is off in the wilderness. Uh, apparently. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, having some sort of life-changing adventure, I guess. But having been cut off by me, that's uh, that's Nikazumi, and I'm Trey Dorn. <laughs> I jumped in on the intros there, but I don't care, man. It's, it's all good. It's been a weird freaking a uh, couple weeks. Yeah, uh, it has been, it has been like, <laughs> the so highs nice, have been really high and the lows have been super low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're not going to talk about this episode really, but we can. Uh, I went up to uh, the, the real world and saw a, mo- a movie in a, a public setting for the first time since uh, Star Wars. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, like, I hadn't, like, the few movies that came out in 2020, I didn't see them in theaters. And so, like, I saw Birds of Prey on demand. I saw Sonic on demand. Uh, so, yeah, that was my... Uh, Krista and I went up to the uh, drive-in movie theater that's about 45 minutes away from us and went and saw Fast 9, which is certainly a film. I <laughs> I, I got nothing. Uh, I still haven't been out to a theater uh, since Birds of Prey. Yeah, it's, like it's been that long. It's it, you know the nice thing about a drive-in movie theater is that I can just close the windows and like bubble away from everybody while still being there and having the communal movie experience. So That's true. It's it was nice. Um, I still wore a mask when I went up to concessions, even though no one else was. Uh, but. <laughs> Nobody looked at me funny, so I I consider that a win. Um, and and Chris and I are both fully fully vaccinated. I'm just paranoid. Um, paranoia has served me well so far, so I will not abandon it. But uh, I definitely get that. I'm also fully vaxxed, but I I wear my mask usually when I go out, just yeah. just as a common courtesy thing. Yeah, yeah, like so, yeah. Um, but we went and saw Fast 9, and surprisingly, it was everything I expected it to be, and more or less, um, more and less. It, uh, the, the, that franchise 
really just I miss when it was about stealing DVD players. Um, <laughs> I miss when it was about like a movie made by someone who watched Point Break one time and said, "What if we did this with car?" They they watched Point Break and then read an article on street racing and made a movie, and it was great. And now it's they've got a they've got a Fiero in space, and Justin Lin being back in the franchise sure did drag in a lot of Tokyo Drift stuff into this one. <laughs> Lucas Black got to be in another movie. It's you know, like everyone's talking about Han, but like this is like the third appearance of Lucas Black's character, and he he at one point was gonna take over the franchise. <laughs> That's still crazy to me. We live in a world where, like, there, there's a possible universe out there where uh, Lucas Black became the star of the Fast and the Furious movies. I, I have a feeling uh, alternate universes is going to be a recurring theme on uh, this episode. <laughs> actually, I I know it for a fact. Um, I think that's enough Fast and the Furious, though, because nobody it. It's exactly what you think it's going to be, and it's not good, but stuff explodes. And they defy the laws of physics, and ma- that's not how magnets work. I'm just leaving it there. Want to bet? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, um, I guess if we want to go for our... Uh into our news segments, I think uh, after how weird these last couple weeks were, we should start out on a very high note. Um, at least in my opinion, a very high note. So like, um, um, so like uh, how many octaves over high C are we going here? Um, Middle C, like what high C yeah, are yeah. we uh, We're, uh, well, you know, uh, it, it's it's only a shame that we're not talking about someone who typically sings soprano, but uh, we are talking about uh, one of my, really, I think, uh, if you were in the nerd, like, the nerd culture scene in the mid-2000s, uh, Utada Hikaru was pretty unavoidable, especially if you were at the anime convention scene, where uh, Hikaru, of course, uh, famously did uh, the... Uh, opening for the um for the kingdom hearts games you're giving me too many things <laughs> lately you're all i need uh i i loved a lot of uh, like i know i spent a lot of my uh late high school early college years listening to utada and she comes back now and then um Ah, but uh, is that the pronoun we should be using? That's that's where I screwed up just now because Utada Hikaru just came out as non-binary, uh, so they're on our team now. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who are unaware, uh, pretty much uh, all three of us on the Nerd and Type podcast are non-binary. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so uh, Hikaru Tada. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it the way that they're credited on English soundtracks. So mm-hmm. sue me. Um, <laughs> um, announced on Instagram on Friday that they're non-binary. Um, Which is cool so, as hell. So, so they were on a live stream with Hideko, uh, with, with Ano, with uh, Hideaki yeah. Hide- Hideaki Hideaki Ano. Ano. I know how to say it, it's just my mouth wouldn't do it. <laughs> 
Like, I know what the word is supposed to be. But, yeah, uh, Evangelion's uh, <laughs> Hideaki Anno, uh, were, was they were on a live stream with him. And before Anno appeared on the stream, Otada said, I'm non-binary. Happy Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> I love them so much. You, you know, uh, uh, I, I should have mentioned, uh, Utada did the theme songs for the Evangelion Rebuild movies, and Anno actually directed their most recent music video. Oh. So, that's really cool. Yeah, it's been, like, it's been rumored that they are not, um pet for a while um mm-hmm. for a few years but it's it's nice to see like solid um you know <laughs> yeah solid I'm, firm i'm not gonna lie it feels really good honestly yeah they, were, yeah they were the um uh, the the um they did the the theme song for evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 thrice upon a time uh, they also did the. I, I, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they also did the uh, the first two films and uh, excuse me, the first three films, like the okay. theme songs for all of the uh, new Ava movies. I haven't, I haven't been paying attention to the rebuilds because I don't care. Um, <laughs> I finished. I, I finished Evangelion when I finished it. When I watched the end of it, when I watched the end of Evangelion, I said this is a less satisfying ending than the series. I have a feeling the more I watch of this, the less satisfied I'm going to be. So I stopped. Um, <laughs> when the rebuilds I, I, happen, I'm like, I'm glad these animators are getting work. I'm gonna go I'm watch something still, else. <laughs> I'm still enjoying them. the The third film was, uh, was like uh, more overtly homoerotic and uh, dripping with techno babble, but uh, that's right up your alley. I was about to say that's that's basically. <laughs> that's- that's a show that's, made that's for Nick Kazumi. Yeah, that's a basically <laughs> as, as close to catnip as it gets for me. Um, <laughs> homoerotic, techno babble, super robot bullshit. Yeah, that's basically that. That's me. That's yeah. just they just like Anno just made a movie specifically for me. I <laughs> yeah. It's, so I I think I I am I am excited for every time someone steps forward. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know when it when it's someone who I've been such a fan of for such a long time. It yeah warms my heart. It really does. So that, like I said, I thought that was a pretty happy way to start out this. Um, I am. Um, I'm happy they're. I'm happy that they're recording stuff again. And I'm really happy that uh, they're on our team. <laughs> Yay. Welcome to the team, Utana. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, let's see. So moving down the line, though, um, there's something else from Japan that I want to talk what? about. What? Yeah. Something from Japan that Nick wants to talk about. Something from Japan I want to talk about. I know. Shocking. Um, Heaven for fans. I, uh, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm really not a fan of Netflix model for uh, how it does anime. I, I don't like taking something that is broadcasting 
uh, in Japan, just kind of holding it hostage and then releasing it in one big chunk after the series already ended in Japan and thus kind of kills international week-to-week fan discussion, it's, which is It's almost like fun. they're encouraging people to go back to fan subs. Yeah, it, it's almost like they're encouraging piracy. Um, you know how we killed piracy in anime, right? The simulcast thing. That's that's what killed it. That's what ended most anime piracy in America. And the really the worst part is that because of Netflix stupid strategy, it means that like US and especially like just or Netflix locked regions don't get to do that international like um discussing things from week to week, which in a way yeah, it kills like week to week enjoyment and also like the lasting impact of shows. Uh, so we're gonna have to. Uh, do. This is what we're gonna have to do, Nick. This is what we're gonna have uh, to do. We're gonna have to hey, get one person to download the fan sub and then get like a whole group of people together and like we could watch it like all on one screen in one place. It could be like a club, a club or this something. Is yeah, and sounding <laughs> really similar to late '90s, early 2000s anime clubs. Trey, I'm. i'm having flashbacks to uh being a lot greasier and having really bad hair and then Uh then we can make so and then we just need to get like two vcrs together and we can make copies of the fan sub and distribute that to like we could like distribute that like at, at, at like in back corners of conventions maybe or like um just like put a a form on a website and and have people send us blank tapes and have them pay for shipping. <laughs> Look, this is a new idea. No one's ever done this before. It's just hear me out. <laughs> this is uh, th- see see this episode is also like really great for for people who uh, um didn't grow up with anime when I did, or even more so like when Trey did. Definitely this is the I kind did. of crap we had to do. So we like, can open this... up a really shady store, right? And we can rent out these tapes <laughs> out of the back. For like five dollars, with labels written in Sharpie, and everyone will think it's like, like, it's, it it'll be great, it'll be fine. We'll also perhaps sell some bootleg keychains. So, like I said, this is a terrible strategy. <laughs> I hate it, but I am, honest to God, ecstatic that um, Studio Bones Godzilla Singular Point is finally out of Netflix jail. And people are able to watch it. Um, it's super good. Uh, I haven't quite finished it yet, but I'll put it this way. Um, I'm relatively known for being an apologist for the Polygon Pictures CGI anime Godzilla. Um, if nothing else, Gen Urobushi did some really interesting stuff in reinterpreting the Godzilla world. But this show is much more what I wanted when I heard Godzilla anime. Um, It's about underfunded scientists and engineers trying to deal with kaiju invasion. Okay. Um, And, uh, like, to give you an idea of how legitimately uh, compelling these characters are, Godzilla proper doesn't really show up until, like, the fifth episode. Okay, so is this in any pre-existing continuity, or is it a new thing? It's it's in its own little continuity. It seems to be in a universe where there haven't been Godzilla attacks before. 
Um, you have, uh, and then suddenly this red dust starts appearing and, uh, these kaiju start showing up and added bonus, much to my joy, almost all the kaiju, save for Godzilla himself, have been like C-listers. So it's like Rodan's show up. I think Rodan's one of our biggest non-Godzilla names, but then it's things like Kamunga, Kamakuris, uh, um, Angiris, and like they, they're just being these weird problems. And on one hand, you have this robotics engineering company that is developing this hilarious, uh, built in a garage version of Jet Jaguar. Okay. Um, but like try, actual uh, Jet Jaguar? Yeah. 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 Like they, they named him Jet Jaguar, looks like Jet Jaguar. Um, but one of the guys on the engineering team is developing an AI. So eventually he puts the AI in Jet Jaguar. So um, the elderly crazed mechanic stops trying to pilot it. Um, <laughs> so that's really fun and silly and exciting. And at the same time, you have this 19 year old um, uh, um, grad student uh, named uh, uh, May who is really into uh, Biologia Fantastica. And she is working with a completely different kind of shady science division that seems to think there's some multiversal theory or uh, um, breaks in the space-time continuum that's causing these monsters to happen. Uh, and there's all this, like, actually hard science science fiction going on in addition to all the silliness it's it's quite good okay oh bonus points uh the character designer the character designer uh is uh the um uh artist who worked on the character designs for the anime blue exorcist and it is not populated by typically attractive anime people um oh. the uh, uh, May, the girl I mentioned, is a uh, science gremlin who mostly, ha uh, who never seems to wear makeup, keeps her hair kind of shabby, and runs around in gym shorts doing math. Well, uh, the other lead, the engineer who developed the AI, is this tired-looking man with really bad posture. And I adore them both. It's very good. It's very... I. I don't know what I was expecting, but it's better than I hoped for. I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's 13 episodes. Um, it's on Netflix. Check it out. I, I like it. it. Yeah, it's 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 feel good. It's been a good year for Godzilla. Kong was really good, and this anime is a lot of fun. Well, so neat. Yeah, um, it's worth your time. Uh, it, both you personally, Trey, and the audience at home. <laughs> Check it out. It's it's really fun. And uh, speaking of multiversal theory. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. We are several episodes. So the, the Loki series premiered um, earlier this month on Disney+. Plus, and we're a few episodes in. We're about halfway through. And uh, it is... This is our mini-review of it, and by that I mean Trey's mini-review of it, because Nick hasn't watched it yet, and Gen's not here. <laughs> Although, let's not kid ourselves, there's no way Gen watches anything on time. 
Um, Dan actually has watched this oh, one. Wow, I'm the one surprising. who's behind on this. <laughs> All right. Well, so the Loki series is... Um, I'm going to keep this uh, mild spoilers, but nothing major, obviously, because we are still only halfway through the season. So, And we'll probably reflect on how the season ends next month, depending on timing of when we record the episode, because, you know, schedules get weird in the summer. Um, I'll say that, so, the basic premise uh, for anyone who hasn't been paying attention is that it, the, the Loki we're following is the one from the alternate timeline in Endgame. Um, who mm-hmm. who escapes and then immediately gets dragged in by the TVA um, <laughs> for uh, being a variant and ruining the timeline. Although really, like it's the Avengers screwed up the timeline. He didn't <laughs> do anything. But uh, Loki is uh, brought in as a variant, and uh, the reason the only reason he effectively doesn't get destroyed is because um, Mobius, Owen Wilson's character, is dealing with. Um, another variant Loki who's been jumping around the timeline causing havoc. And so he wants to recruit uh, Tom Hiddleston, our main character Loki, to help find, to, to help defeat the other Loki. I Okay, that tracks. Yeah. This seems like fun. I was pretty much on, I've never disliked Hiddleston's performance and I... I like Owen Wilson a lot. Yeah. So Hiddleston, his character does get caught up on Loki's full timeline of what he was supposed to live through when uh, Owen Wilson's Mobius shows him effectively the Marvel movies. Um, Like they're literally like puts on a projector and you see see scenes from Marvel movies. It's (laughs) beautiful. Uh, It's uh, yeah, it's, and so far, it, it's been really, really excellent. Um, uh, the big thing is, and so uh, I, I, it's a minor spoiler to say that the Loki that they're following is a female Loki. Okay. Um, who is, it's really interesting what they're doing with Lady Loki. Um, so they, uh, the, uh, the version of, of, of Loki they're doing is kind of a combination of, uh, she's played by uh, Sofia DiMartino um, and, uh, but is the character is actually kind of a combination of the, of, of Loki and the Sylvie version of en- Enchantress from the comics. Okay. So not the first inter- Enchantress, Marvel Enchantress, but the second one. The one who was connected more to the Loki lore, but in this the it's just that that Loki has started calling herself Sylvie, that she has moved beyond being Loki, is what she said. It might just be bullshit, but who knows? (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. I honestly thought it was really weird that, like, Enchantress being, like, an A-list Thor character, I thought it was kind of weird that they hadn't brought her in. Right, so this is how they're they're bringing her into the MCU, um, by making her a variant of Loki. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and they they did canonically establish in the previous episode that both versions of Loki are bisexual. Beautiful. So, um, Marvel finally has a bisexual pr- protagonist. It just took them being a former villain, apparently. 
Yeah, that, I, that's honestly the thing that I've I've heard about that, and that's something that's really I mean, it it bothers me because I mean, like, let let's be clear, we're introduced to this character, uh, with them trying to do a genocide. Well, let, let's not whitewash it. You was was he trying to do a genocide in Thor? Yeah, his goal was to dis- was to mess with the Bifrost to completely destroy the Frost Giants. Oh, it yeah, was targeted yeah. trying I to get rid of a that. single race. Yeah, yeah, that's a genocide. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's, you know, um, but, yeah, it's, you know, the thing, though, is that, like, in the in Thor the Dark World and, um, and Ragnarok, we got a much more sympathetic Loki who, like, the character grew, and they just, the, the, the way they effectively fast-forwarded through that character growth in this series is having him watch <laughs> the previous stuff. He also gets humbled pretty hard at the TVA, um, pretty fast. Which uh, okay, that and that makes me a bit more excited about this because that was kind of my that that's one of my big hangups is that we met this character in the context of the first two movies he's in. He tries to do a genocide and then he kills more people than uh, in two days than Jack the Ripper did in his entire career. Yeah. So it's like, mm. <laughs> yeah. So it's I don't know. <laughs> It's uh yeah so but uh but the so the Sylvie character is is really kind of fun because she's very believably a Loki um right <laughs> but they've given her like enchantress powers it's like her magic she learned different magic than um our main than than our more you know the Tom Hiddleston Loki we do also see like different like the TVA they show images of different kinds of Loki like one who's just like Tom Hiddleston but blue because like he apparently you know, embraced his frost giantness or like there was like this version that was like this huge hulking dude um very fun stuff it's so so far like i'm i can't really describe what's happening anymore without giving actual spoilers away um but it's, i'm looking forward to watching it though. yeah it's it looks so, fun. so far i'm really enjoying it um and yeah it's uh it's finally marvel had the balls to canonically on screen you know put out there that a character was bisexual i mean sure it's the character based off of a god who got fucked by a horse but Mm -hmm. in and that's just in regular mythology Uh uh-huh yeah that's that's just (laughs) so it's just the regular stuff it feels respectful to the source material (laughs) to make sure i because Loki's the most like out out of the Norse pantheon, he's the most you know gender fluid, sexually fluid god there is. Yeah, and again, I I I do love that. Yeah, I'm here for that. I just I, I do wish that it was that uh, our first out character one wasn't you know an ex extremely villainous villain and two i wish people from marvel at the same time would stop bending over backwards to just remind me anytime they do a new captain america thing by the way not gay yeah he's i yeah he's bi um anyways (laughs) i'm yeah you you know what i mean though like this it is i i did a a post on uh twitter about this but i i stand by it like whether 
Disney acknowledges it or not, James Buchanan Barnes, the MCU version of him in particular, has become a gay icon. Yeah. It, I, I'm sorry, it's just, it, it's a thing. <laughs> like, the queer community really glommed on to Bucky, and frankly, rightfully so. And yeah. it's just so frustrating that it feels like Mar uh, people working for Marvel will bend over backwards right. to be like, no, 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 you're wrong. Well, it's like, I th I think it's it's gonna take time. It's um like the nice thing about the nice thing I mean the Loki thing felt like long coming though because like there was so much subtext in Ragnarok mm -hmm. that it like they that but Taika Waititi's hands were tied during that movie and that so although here's the thing this is the this is my suspicion Disney Plus they're not relying in when they for international distribution, they're in control of the service versus when they go and put films out in Russia and China and mm -hmm. the and they're worried about getting censored, that they are giving the writers more freedom for this on a TV series where they control the distribution platform internationally. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad for that. I, yeah. I'm still, I'm gonna... Oh, it's all about money. It's 100% yeah. about money. It's Money, money, money. It's uh, <laughs> go look at Alex Hirsch's Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what it's all. Dear God, I. It's, I mean, yeah, it's that same thing. There's so many things to be annoyed with with Disney about that they actually do. I mean, be it stuff like that or doing a Disney animation supports Pride Month and just doing, you know, Donald, Goofy, and Mickey, and me being in the corner like you have gay cartoon characters now like you're you're not gonna put you own you own lose an amity blight why would you not n never mind yeah it's... go watch the owl house it's really good uh <laughs> well you know and the problem is that disney all does all this bad stuff but people will accuse disney of things that they didn't do constantly yeah yeah like... and it go ahead Oh, I was just going to say to uh, advance us to our next story. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so speaking of Loki, actually. <laughs> yeah, the dumbest shit <laughs> happened on on social media. And this was all over Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, things that people who, that, who are younger than us use that I don't know what they are. Um, there was this weird thing going around, this petition of people like saying that that Disney was trying to th either trademark or cop claim copyright over the the Norse gods, and it's just no one and everybody passed this around without looking any deeper because they claimed that they were trying to trademark um, Loki the the god. No uh, one did even a modicum of right. research. Right. None. Not even zero. A this made it on Daily Dot, and they had did no research. Like, Daily Dot put out an article on this without doing a moment to dig deeper. And it, it just infuriated me. Um, so what happened was is that, like, earlier this month, this uh this yeah so this whole thing that 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 Disney was trying to claim all legal rights over Loki the the Norse god, um now, let's be very clear, Disney does have a trademark on the specific Loki logos that they use, 
and they do own the copyright through Marvel of the the Loki of the Marvel Universe version of Loki. Yes, the specifically yeah. green costume, big gold horn helmet created by Jack Kirby one. Brother of Thor Loki, as not to be confused when in um <laughs> in mythology where he's the the blood brother of Odin. <laughs> so mm-hmm. not Thor's brother. Um let's be really clear about that. Um, and then there are shows like Ragnarok, which just confuse everything by making the reincarnation of Loki the brother of the reincarnation of Thor, but still the tradition. Okay. We don't need to talk about Ragnarok. Um, <laughs> it's the show um, that I watch. It's so what happened was, so what is this one, this one person who um, was selling a shirt on Redbubble, right? And it was the, uh, it was a shirt with L-O-W K-E-Y version of Loki on it. And it was titled Loki Loki. Right? Mm-hmm. And it was meant to be, and while the artist who made it claims he tried to make it a different colored text and a different font, it is a recreation of a shirt that Loki wears in the comics and was explicitly mm-hmm. created to be a recreation of that shirt for cosplay. Alright? So let's be very clear that this is not a situation where some, like, now, is it overreaching probably to say that this would have violated Marvel's copyright or trademarks in this particular situation? It it might be. Yeah, there's there's probably argument to be made there. But they put Loki, L-O-K-I, in the search term, and it's it is specifically a recreation of, it is a reference to the Marvel character, all right? So what mm-hmm. happened was is that Redbubble, Redbubble monitors their own stuff to some degree, not always greatly, but, you know, not always most efficiently, but they do. And for certain rights holders, they are pro they they are proactive. Like so Redbubble found saw the keyword, saw the item, and Redbubble without any word from Disney. Literally Disney did not even know that this shirt existed, let alone uh-huh. contact anyone. Redbubble took it down saying it was too... Uh, the, yeah, it's that Redbubble decided it was in violation of it and took it down. So the private company running this service took it down under the belief that it was a violation of Disney's intellectual property. Um, and maybe I'm just... Anytime I see people getting upset about this sort of thing... My my BS detector just immediately goes yeah. off. The first thing I did was check Snopes. Like, I didn't even... Because I saw, like, a bunch of people sharing it, and I'm like, there's no sources on this. Well, and I did, like, I did go back to the original, um, the, the at your Boswell, like, tweet. Right. Um, and, and I found that, and I read that, and I was like, this doesn't say that Disney asked for it to be taken down. This doesn't, and then I looked at, like, what it was, and I'm like, I've seen that, I've seen comic panels of this. I've seen a comic Mm -hmm. panel of this shirt, and, like, it's, Marvel literally, like, tweeted out an image of Loki in this shirt in August of 2019. Like, it is now. So what happened was is that like 
this guy tweeted this thing and he claimed it. And mind you, admitting that it was based off of the Marvel character still. And the, the, the internet went nuts. And they made these petitions and like, oh, they're trying uh, to cover those. I'm uh, like, do you think if if Disney thought they could lock down this character entirely, they wouldn't have already? Like, the Asylum made the Almighty Thor movie. Yeah, it it was absolutely ridiculous. Like, I, I again, people need to understand Ragnarok of, on Netflix. Of course, Disney can't copyright the Norse gods. That's ridiculous. But like, uh, but Heck, they the, the Icelandic abs- show Ragnarok uses the same title as the most as the last released Thor movie. As the best Thor movie, well, yeah, frankly. exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it, it like it's not the, the like it's so. I just wish people understood. It's it's of course now. Should Disney be able to claim copyright to these characters? Like, I also don't think they should be able to do that. I don't think Disney should have been able to lobby to make to make people able to renew copyright indefinitely on characters because i think things should eventually fall into public domain but at the same time they of course they don't think they own loki but they own the jack kirby version of loki of course they don't think they own all versions of thor but they own blue shirt red cape himbo thor like that's theirs and again, like I'm just infuriated that the Daily Dot put out a story, like without right? doing any fact checks, and like that's the part that pisses me off the most. Like I saw, I mainly saw it. Like I saw it passed around on Twitter and on my Facebook. And my first thing was like, like the second time I saw it, I was like, okay, my bullshit detector is going off. Um. Like the, the most, the this most isn't adding up. Yeah, like Newsweek went out and confirmed that Disney said did, that they didn't order the takedown, and like Daily Dot has gone and updated. Like, no, the Daily Dot story is largely like still up. Like uh-huh. it's, and Redbubble has told Daily Dot the removal design was an error and that it's since been reinstated. Yeah, so it like. Oh, oh, this is just infuriating. Yeah, it's too better. It's wildly irresponsible. And then they can't even own up to the fact that they they screwed the pooch hard on this one. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Brooks Schoberg or S-J-O-B-E-R-G. All right. It was okay. So the article is written by an editorial intern. But who's who's apparently studying journalism at the University of Texas at Austin. All right, Brooke, here's my advice. Fact check. Go out for comment before you start publishing. Like, do five minutes of research on what happened. Or the fact that it's clear. The, like, read the letter from Redbubble in your original source, which clearly says, clearly says mm-hmm. that Redbubble is doing this proactively without an actual like request from the from the rights holder that they're doing it in favor of. Mm-hmm. Like, my advice would be find a better journalism school, because wow. 
Yeah. So it's bad, dude. It's this is a failure. This is a failure on the writer's part of Brooks show show sober soberg Joberg. However, I'm supposed to say the name. It's my brain wants to do things with my mouth. I can't do when I say it. Um, it's 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 a failure on the writer's part for not properly researching an article before publishing. It is a failure of the Daily Dots editorial team for having apparently no one monitoring about whether or not this was correctly researched. It and it's the it, it's just like it's I'm mad at the petition, but I'm more angry at a supposed journalistic source. Like. No journalism I, was done here. I, I, I'm I also a little bit mad at just people not even, like, that no one, I shouldn't say that no one, obviously we well, did and other people did, but so many people didn't even do any legwork. It was just, it was just they saw yeah. what was an obviously dumb headline and just believed it. I'm going to do a whole episode on this on BS3 Witchcraft in August. Um, okay. Because Excellent. this also really went around like the witchcraft and pagan communities, obviously, because it was an accusation regarding a Norse god. And, you know, if you want to pick two pantheons that are really popular, they are the, the in American neo-paganism, they are the, the Norse pantheon and, and the Greek pantheon, which should have told people something because Disney didn't go around claiming that they owned Hercules. When they made a whole animated movie. It, Why? Mind-boggling. Just stupid. Yeah. It's it's mind-boggling. <gasps> hey, uh, as as much as it pains me to uh, defend a big corporation at Disney, like Disney, I feel like I we need to do it one more time <laughs> because. Fans have been stupid about something else as as well. Yeah, as it turns out. Um. So, uh, a new. Uh, I I think I told you this, Trey. I like Legos. Like I Do like you. I like Lego blocks. I think they're fun. They are neat. I especially I especially like. Uh, um. As much as I um really wish Lego would just go back to like doing like you know, castles and knights and stuff. I do enjoy licensed characters. And I especially like their Star Wars stuff. It's it's really fun. I love Lego Star Wars. So, um, little did I know, um, trouble was afoot, Trey. It's it's yeah. bad. You're you're not gonna believe what they did. You're not gonna believe it. This is the worst thing that Disney has done to Star Wars yet. Uh, they have a bunch of new kits from the from the new season of The Mandalorian. Uh, they've got Mandal a Mandalorian fighter. They've got an Imperial light cruiser, and they have Boba Fett's ship, and it's just labeled Boba Fett starship. Oh no! They didn't write Slave One on the box. What are we gonna you do? You know, you know who's really mad about that. You know who's really angry about that. Uh, one of the actors, an actor who played Boba Fett. Now, now was it you know? Daniel Logan, who played young Boba Fett in the prequels? No, no, it wasn't him. Was it the original actor, Jeremy Bullock? No, he's dead. Uh, Was it the original, original actor who voiced him in the cartoon in the Star Wars Holiday Special, Don Franks? No, he's also been dead even longer. 
Was it mm. Tamara Morrison, the current actor playing Boba Fett, who also played Jango Fett, n- who previously owned that ship? No, it was it, it, <laughs> it was Mark Anthony Austin who put on the suit for the special edition of episode four in that damn Jabba the Hutt scene. He's oh. super angry. The Newsweek headline is uh, is great. Boba Fett actor outraged at Slave One ship rename. I'm like, is he though? <laughs> like, not, not. I was gonna say not even one of the Boba Fett actors that matter. I yeah. mean, not even the. I don't remember who played him in uh, in Clone Wars either. But by the way, uh, definitely the Tamara Morrison and the Clone Wars ones. Definitely were more definitive versions of the yeah. character than than this guy. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm I think it, it might have been Tamara Morrison because he came back for a lot of stuff. Um, He's pretty. I, I'm just saying, yeah, like legend. Yeah. I I don't I don't think he played because in, in Clone Wars there's teenage Boba Fett's around for a while and oh, he has like a really high voice. So that, I don't. Yeah, the, although there's a chance that uh, that might have been that I think that was Daniel Logan. Oh, if they got him back, I, I think so. Be he's surprised they got he's him got back. Cre- he's, he's got a credit really for show. the Clone Wars. So okay, I don't, yeah. I don't. I haven't looked to see, but he is credited as having done voices on Clone Wars. So after um, season one, it becomes amazing Star Wars storytelling. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally any of the other actors you listed, literally any of yeah. them have more right to say to be called Boba Fett actor than that well, guy. I'm like, it feels really misleading to put that in the headline when it's like, it's not Tamara Morrison, though, who is currently playing Boba Fett on the show. It's that guy who was working for Industrial Light and Magic as a special effects person who put the suit on for one terrible scene that the movie didn't need. Uh, in fact, I don't watch a version of the movie with him in it when I go back and watch it. But he wrote, Same. he tweeted, my ship will forever be slave one. Nothing, not even hashtag Disney can or will change that. This is the way that feels really real. Like him saying, this is the way it's like, you don't get to say that. Um, yeah. And he also said, I'm said coming th- for you. Th- Disney execs. I'm like, wow. Guy who May- shows up at cons trying to market that he was Boba Fett for t- 30 seconds once also can we uh, kind of maybe acknowledge i don't know that this is the way wasn't even a mandalorian thing until disney yeah like uh, or the fact I, that he had not been boba fett for like decades when that line was spoken yeah we know uh-huh um, yeah he was okay i need to ask you this trey this okay. is important i'm i'm trying to remember this do they ever call it Slave One on screen? Nope. I was about to say, I... There's a canon remem- comic where it's called Slave One, but it's never said online. Little... Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah sorry. It's, it's never said on screen in any of the films or in The Mandalorian. Yeah, because, like, when I was a little kid... Uh, so, sorry, this is a little flashback to 1998 Nick again. Um... So 1998, Nick got um, a uh, got a Slave One toy for my uh, Kenner Boba Fett action figure, um, yeah. and it's super cool. I think I still have it in my basement. But um, even when I was a little kid, 
two thoughts went through my head when I read that toy box. One, I don't remember them calling it that. And two, should the word slave be on a Christmas toy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, Those are the two things going and, through and my head are, at the time. There are people retcon oh. like there's like there's a theoretical retcon that because Boba Fett is the first clone of which he's not of mm. Django Fett, and also I think the ship had that name before Boba Fett took it because I think Django Fett did Django Django Fett flew Slave One right? Yeah, Django did that. Uh, it's one of the only scenes I really enjoy in episode two is he gets, he does the dog fight with Kenobi. Yeah. It, and he's, yeah, it showed up in episode two attack of the clones. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so, yeah, it's a, a big chunk of Boba's, um, character, uh, uh, subplot in clone wars is him stealing his ship back from some mercenaries who stole it from him. Cause he was a little kid. Like um, it, it might get called that in the Clone Wars at some point. I can't say. Maybe, but even then, like, I, I way, honestly like, don't remember them the saying it thing. on screen. Here's the whole thing. They're not in continuity changing the name of the damn ship. Like, that's, yeah. that's the thing. It's they're not changing the name of Slave One in canon. They are just not going to put it on a toy box. Yeah, that's Especially because... It. Especially because people know the name little kids who are growing up now watching The Mandalorian and who will watch Book of Boba Fett. Like, they're just going to know it as Boba Fett's ship. Uh-huh. When they're in yeah, the toy exactly. aisle, they're going to see Boba Fett and go, I want Boba Fett's thing. They're not going to see, they're not going to know Slave One. I didn't know what Slave One was until I was a teenager, and I had watched the Star Wars trilogy so many times. And let's be clear, when I was a teenager, the original Star Wars trilogy was the only one that existed. So, like, th there's no weird, like, yeah, I'm old. And um, it's, it's cool. No, it's, but I'm saying is it's like, I learned it from reading, like, the, the EU books, but it was never important. And in marketing, you, I just would have, like, if the first time I saw it at a toy, I'd be like, oh, that's what the ship is named? Like, that's how I and learned a lot of background Star Wars characters' names. You see the name on a toy, and you go, oh, that's what that's called? And that's—so I think that's also, like, a difference in—I think in, like, what—how you and I approached it and how a lot of people approached it versus where I think a lot of the toxic nerd culture and, like, the people who use liking Star Wars as their only, you know, personal trait— uh, differ is for me growing up and I, from the sounds of it, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Trey, but it sounds like you were kind of on the same page growing up. There were a ton of things that are never named on screen in star Wars. And then I would see a name on the toy box and I'd be like, Oh, that this seems like a dumb name they made up to put on the toy. It was like, even <laughs> when I was, and like, even when I was seven and eight years old, that was my thought process was like, oh, they just needed to put a name on this box. OK, here's, here's the thing. But, why, why but this... for a lot of people, yeah. that was that was canon. Like and I'm not saying that is like in the normal fandom sense of canon. This is uh, this is uh, what what actually happened in the story. I'm saying it in a very religious sense. This yeah. is 
gospel canon for some people. Well, here's this is the thing. This is my this is my thing. Like toxic nerd culture is always bad, right? Like I I'm mm-hmm. not saying that like this whole thing of like gatekeeping based on do you know X piece of trivia is good. It never has been. But it never but is. No. In minor defense is that you know 25 years ago if you were a pedantic nerd who like had act like who do trivial stuff you had to work for that like you had to go dig up some source book or some like thing and like study closely and memorize that stuff it's 2021 we all have access to wikipedia on our phone okay so uh-huh. guess what it doesn't matter it like it didn't matter then that you knew every little thing it was fun to know it like yeah i i'm out look i i'm a big star wars fan but I'm, i was always a bigger star trek fan and i know the names of like all these classes of starship and all this stuff that i spent all the hours and hours and hours pouring over dude but, we've dragged the show to a crawl just to talk about our favorite federation ships uh, i'm just saying like... the, the, the akira <laughs> class and the nxo one are just flipped um <laughs> <laughs> it's true yeah it's the like I I have a, a a a detailed intimate knowledge of many different fandoms and I've enjoyed gaining that. It's not a it, it doesn't make me better than any other fan to know this stuff though. And it definitely in an age where anyone can look up any minute detail of anything we're watching in seconds from every franchise immediately, it definitely doesn't make you cooler than anyone else because you didn't look it up. Also you're more likely to be wrong because I checked the canon and you're just remembering what you remembered from one time you watched it 10 years ago. Uh-huh. It's, it's so it, like, it, it was such a strange thing. Cause again, it's like, it's just, it's just, it's just a Lego box. You yeah. could call it whatever the hell you want when you take yeah, it out nobody, of the box. No, no one's going to come to your house and slap you across the face. Cause you call the ship slave one instead of Boba Fett starship. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, like, I might, but no one from Disney's going to. <laughs> mm-hmm. No one, no one from Lego is going to either. Like, they're too busy making wholesome reality shows and trying to figure out how to make uh, renewable, recyclable bricks. You know, I. <laughs> I mean, maybe D. Bradley Baker, the actor who portrayed him in Lego Star Wars, is going to come and slap you across the face. He might um, get you. He might come get you. He's, but, but wait, no, no, he can't. Trey, Disney's got him tied up. So long as we keep doing Bad Batch and Clone Wars things, and he's playing the entire principal cast of shows, he's gonna be tied up for Is a he while. In those, uh, in uh, yeah, in um, in uh, the Bad Batch, he plays the titular Bad Batch. All five of them. Oh, okay. Uh, and in Clone Wars, he played all of the clones. So, uh, but with this current show, there are huge swaths of it that are just him talking to himself well, in slightly different voices. Oh, and apparently he's going to be on Star Trek Prodigy. Oh, awesome. That that looks fun. Yeah. I. <laughs> These guys hate that show, too, and they haven't actually released any moving footage. They they haven't released a single. I, I I cannot imagine. I it's so weird that there are these again these toxic fandoms that base I, their entire identity around hating something. Well, meanwhile I'm just in the corner being like, 
New CBS Star Trek isn't perfect, but I've got so much Star Trek right now. Oh my god! Well, <sighs> here's the thing. Like my my favorite thing about like I watched this one guy's video. It was like eight minutes long, and he uh, besides apparently part of his uh, YouTube channel's show's intro was like a cameo. He paid for one of the Discovery actors to do a cameo, uh, saying the name of his show. He then shits on discovery five seconds later in the video i'm like you paid that actor like x hundred dollars to like <laughs> to say something you don't like the show okay um and uh but then like i was like they're talking about how like they started how bad this uh the the character designs for star trek Prodigy looked and i was like okay and i was kept waiting for him to explain why they were bad like even just any criticism other like and he like I watched an eight-minute video in which he didn't actually explain why they were bad. Like why the designs were bad. He just said they were, and then made fun of Discovery for five minutes. Made fun of other, and then like, I'm like you, fucking grifter. <laughs> and and that's all it. It it's the same thing that it it's like this weird thing that we're seeing now where. Uh, these people who don't know anything about animation, but um, because the statutory rapist who made Ren and Stimpy got angry at uh, at CalArt Studio, they just throw the term CalArt Studio around, yeah, the Cal whatever Art, uh, it is. Yeah. Or, or like, like you're seeing even on Twitter right now, my other favorite stupid discourse are these people getting upset about the character designs for a Yogi Bear reboot. Who gives one? Who gives a shit? But two, are we really like going on oh, to say yeah. Hanna Barbera? Hanna Barbera used to really stand for animation. I'm like, no, they didn't. They really they put didn't. a necktie on the bear because they didn't want to draw the neck moving. <laughs> yeah, no, it's they they notoriously reused animation and cheaped out constantly. They were a a factory. It's my favorite thing is like the Sandman reactions where like people were complaining about woke casting because a non-binary actor was cast as Desire. Let's just settle that for a moment. To did did they read the book? What the no, fu <laughs> no. It's fucking Desire has been non-binary since they have first appeared in the comic. It's they've had to. It's Neil Gaiman has apologized because. Uh, well, it's because some a lot of people don't like the it as a pronoun, but that was the pronoun that Gaiman used for the character. I mean, there are non-binary people who use it as their pronoun, and I don't. Um, I respect I'll use, that look, if that's your wish, but I'm uncomfortable with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm that's... like, I feel uncomfortable with this, but I will use it as your pronoun, but give me the singular they any day. Um, yeah. They, but I'm like, they... desire has always been flipping non-binary like i'm just oh like y'all didn't even read the thing <laughs> or or uh or the ones that that really don't know what they're talking about who with like uh, neil gaiman must be spinning in his grave well that and particular neil one being yeah. like um i'm fine actually yeah, right. i <laughs> i've helped cast it <laughs> not dead also helped make the decision Right. Oh, it's just so. Oh, these guys. <laughs>
they're it's outrage. What they do is they feed on outrage. It's they don't really care about these properties. They are people who have made uh, these properties their identity. Mm-hmm. And it's a combination of that plus grifters who want to milk um, outrage whenever they can to get YouTube views and uh, as many, you know, internet dollars as they can. Like, how many of the people who were uh, pretending to be upset about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power even watched the original She-Ra? How yeah. many do you even bet? Yeah. Do you think any of them did? Well, like remember, I don't the, think they remember did. the outrage at like the 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 Thundercats reboot that really never went anywhere, but that like because it was like kind of in the same style. I'm like, why are you guys mad that like they did a like the modern looking Thundercats thing in a more like realistic style, and none of you fuckers watched it. Yeah, like they're making this because nobody watched the version you're saying which would be better. It, and ironically enough, it's kind of why uh, it, it's actually kind of why I'm I, I'm not uh, I'm I'm still excited for it, but I'm not as excited for Kevin Smith's He-Man thing. I have zero interest in it. I have it, zero interest in it. Visually, it's not doing anything new. It's, it's it looks to me it looks like the two thousands one again. Yeah, it looks like the two thousand. It looks exactly like it, and like I've I've got. He-Man from that action figure line in the room. I have the version with the Iron Cross on it and not the H-modified one that came later. Beautiful. I approve strongly. Yeah, except, like, I'm also like, do I really want an action figure with an Iron Cross on it? (laughs) I'm like, Hasbro made the right decision changing that. Like, when I was, like, 20 years ago, I was annoyed about it, but now I'm like, that was the right call. (laughs) I think Hasbro made the right call, but there is the the uh, the subversive part of me likes the idea that another, um, albeit uh, after the fact, gay icon like He Man stealing the Iron Cross, oh, yeah. kind of <laughs> that feels good. That feels real oh, good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's just like Shira had a new style. It so tried to be a new thing, I and I just don't I, feel yeah. that with the. It's, I haven't finished Shira yet, but when I, you know, I've watched. I've it's watched really some good. Of it. I've watched some of it. I've watched like I've watched some so, of it, so and good. I like it a so lot. And the reason why I like it is because it feels modern and new, and like it's not the thing that I watched as a kid. It's something new with that idea. What this reboot of He Man looks like to me is that somebody wanted to do. Like well, and this is what they tried to do in two thousand two. Also, mm-hmm. did not take off, which was take the concept of He Man and just do it straight. As in, like, well, what if He Man was better written? <laughs> like, and and I'll admit it's probably going to be a much better show than the original He Man. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that this new Kevin Smith He Man is going to be a much better He Man than the nineteen eighties He Man I grew up with. Uh, there's no. But doubt that's not hard to that. do. But, but also, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not interested in watching conan the barbarian movies either like it's you're not doing something like i've already seen this idea to to two different levels of quality right Mm -hmm. i don't need it a third time and i don't think it's gonna be and it here's the thing the reason why shira is great is because it said who was shira's original audience right it was kids so let's make a show that's accessible to the new generation of kids with just enough mm-hmm. nostalgia for their parents to watch with them, right? Or, well, I guess actually it even skips a generation there for a lot of them. 
Yeah, um, it, ca- it, it it probably skips a generation but, for a lot of them. But yeah, but this it's... Kevin Smith He-Man looks like it's He-Man for the same people who grew up with He-Man. And I just don't think there are enough people who give a shit. I I I think that you could demonstrably show that because like again, I can't I can't speak for anybody. I only have the limited evidence I have, but even like like let's not let's not mince words. A lot of these 80s properties were out there to sell toys. We all know that. They 100% were. They're, they're 100%. fairly transparent about it. Um, If you go to a toy aisle at, like, your Target right now, though, I guarantee you, Star Wars shelf is going to be barren. Uh, the last couple lines of Transformers have been pretty baller, so, like, you usually see those shelves pretty empty. There are all these retro-style He-Man and Skeletors. Every store I go to, they're packed to the gills with them. Yeah. It looks like no one's buying them because guess what? No one's fucking buying them. Yeah, well, here's the, the thing is Star Wars and Transformers. that have it. Star Wars yeah. and Transformers try to hit the same nostalgia button that He-Man would, but the difference is the Transformers and Star Wars... Star Wars really never went away, and Transformers never went away. Transformers has been constantly reiterating new franchises, new continuity, restarting constantly, adapting itself for the current age of children who are out there. Now, mm-hmm. She-Ra was this huge gap in time, but was very successful because it adapted itself to the new generation. Voltron was very successful because it because adapted it itself adapted to the new to generation yep. without having, without holding itself to the baggage of being a... Like, Voltron, they tried to reboot, like, has been rebooted multiple times, right? Like, there's the CGI yeah. series, there's the animated series after that, and they kept trying to, like, hold on to old continuity. And... Yeah, each and every Volt- attempted Voltron reboot from the 90s was in direct continuity with a cartoon that none of the kids watching would have seen. Yeah, and it's... Uh, meanwhile... All of them. And then, so, like, but even, like, even with the parts where, like, they, they you know... They had new characters, and so you wouldn't have to know the continuity. Like, it was this... They were still, like, enslaved to the to the setting and the tone of the original series. Where, when they rebooted it, and they started from scratch, and they said, you know, we're going to use these character names, we're going to use this as the basis, but we're going to go in our own thing, and we're going to build... We're going to build this story to the tone of what audiences would want now, what a new audience would enjoy. And that's why Voltron and She-Ra were good and ended up being very successful. And that's why this new Masters of the Universe I have zero interest in, though. Where the other two, I was like, I'd like to watch this. This one, I'm like, eh. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, She-Ra was... It it took the parts that worked from the original and then did a, a heaping helping of Steven Universe and Avatar The Last Airbender, which incidentally are both shows that are objectively better than the original She-Ra. Yeah. I don't feel bad saying that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we should probably wrap this up, though. Yeah, um, that's the, the point is there's so many... It's the same... I, I want to wrap it up with this. The thing you see reactionary nerds doing is the same thing you're seeing reactionary conservatives do. They're looking for something to be angry about, and they're angry about it for reasons that if you think about it for more than 30 seconds, don't make a lick of sense. Yeah, That's 
always what it is. That's what it continues to be. It's it's what conservatives do. They look for things to get angry about and then accuse everyone else of being unreasonable. So, yeah, with that, we should move on to the Vomit Head Steve Challenge. Challenge. All right. So the Vomit Head Steve Challenge is the part of the show where I pick up a book and I read a line from it and challenge to you, the listeners, to guess what book I am reading from. If you guess the book correctly, you get added to our Hall of Awesome. The benefits of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. One, I read your name aloud every episode. Two, we put your name on a website on a webpage that's buried on our website. <laughs> and three, absolutely nothing else. This is dumb. All right. <clears throat> the current members of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. Archimide, Zero, Rena Innocenti, Cheesy McDamu, Krista, Slithery D, Shameless Otaku, The Random Ramblings Man, Core Fan, Capito, Chris Graham, Lilisaurus, Paper Godzilla, Cavsy, The Minnesota Librarian, Sean Orange, Keith Shizuos, The Kuro Sunset, Joel Kreisman, Patrick Delahanty, Wonderland Hearts, and Megzi Sass Council. And the line that I am reading now is, In her gentle giant sort of way, Grace talked me down by saying that I was not an impulsive person. I had just done an impulsive thing. If you know what book that's from, go to nerdandtie.com slash contact, fill out the little form, and tell us. Or if you have, like, any other thoughts, we often will do feedback and news bag at the end of the episode whenever you guys send stuff in. Go there and tell us your thoughts, your dreams, your hopes, your relative shoe size compared to a mountain lion, and whatever you want. Just, uh, what are you annoyed with people being angry about irrationally on the internet? Tell us. Yeah, shoot it our way. We might need a topic next month. Who knows? <laughs> uh, we got like we'll talk about the rest of Loki. Uh, I'm about to say we we I I'm confident we'll have a lot of fun things to talk about for for uh, next month. There's uh, yeah, there's the rest of Loki. There's um, someone else will do something stupid on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the the newest Gundam movie is getting released on Netflix like literally three months after it was in Japanese theaters. That is, I'm excited for that. That seems both soon and late. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll 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 find out what Gen did. Just ask Gen how their vacation was. Yeah, we got. There's Gen Ventures. Who knows? Maybe someone else cool will come out as non-binary. Like, yeah, I you don't never know. know. Like it's like <laughs> fingers crossed. There's still time. <laughs> Happy Pride Month, y'all. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Nick, who were we? Um, we are, of course, the, uh, uh, Nerd and Tie cast. I'm Nick Izumi. I'm Trey Doran, and Gen is off somewhere in the wilderness, wandering, lost and alone. Uh, you can support, uh, Gen by looking up Ocelot Dude Designs on the internet. Yeah. And then they'll find their way home, probably. Yeah, buy, buy a neat pillow. Also, you can mm-hmm. support, uh, you can support the show directly by sponsoring an episode. 
or you can support Nick. Or uh, Nick and I both have Patreons. Uh, Nick's is at uh, patreon.com slash nickazumi. Mine's at patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. And, uh, yeah, we are, again, a part of the Nerd and Tie podcast network. we got a lot of great shows. I mentioned BS for Witchcraft, a show I host. Uh, we're going to talk more about that uh, Loki stuff in <laughs> August. Uh, but uh, besides Looking that, forward to it. Um, I've been listening to Let's Be Legendary lately, and it's really good. Just mm-hmm. listen, listen to Let's Be Legendary. It's a it's a really fun show. Um, and you can find more about that. It's an actual play show, D and D Fifth Edition, and you can find out more at nerdandtie.com slash legendary. Remember, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at Nerd and Tie. We are at Facebook at facebook.com slash Nerd and Tie, and we're on Tumblr at nerdandtie.tumblr.com. Um, Remember, you can subscribe to this podcast on all major podcatchers. Uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go rate and review us while you're there because it helps us in the algorithm. And that would be really cool of you. And Yeah, we, that'd be really great. I would like that. Yeah. So, you know, in your heart, in your mind, in the places that you don't dare think of in the dark of night, remember, we will be there. Always beyond and never in front of you always just slightly to the left of behind you putting our hand on your shoulder at the most inopportune moment to give you support in a really inappropriate way and as always keep on spocking in the free world unless you don't want to and then we'll just quietly you judge you. You don't have to. Look, man, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, but we are just going to say if you don't keep spocking in the free world, we're going to be quietly judging you and your life choices, and uh, it's it's going to become a whole thing. It's Don't let it become a whole thing, man. Yeah, don't, don't make it a thing. It doesn't have to be a thing. 